everybody, and welcome to International Waters, the pop culture quiz show where land laws do not apply. I am your host, Jesse Thorne. Since the Revolutionary War ended in 1783, one great question has been constantly swirling in the ether and ruining Anglo-American presidential buddy weekends at Camp David. That question, of course, who's better, British people or Americans? Sure, there are a lot of criteria we could use to judge. Uh, contributions to the arts, global politics, uh, gross domestic product, general levels of education among the citizenry. Those are all well and good, but we here at International Waters think the only real way to answer this question is to see which nation's comedians know more about popular culture. Representing the constitutional democracy of the United States and joining us from Hollywood, California, we have the comic and star of the hit television shows The League and NTSF colon SD colon SUV colon colon Paul Shear, Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to defend America and finally show people overseas what we got. <laughs> finally, America is going to go overseas and show people what we've got. We really need to get ourselves on the board. We're the underdog country, and we really, yeah, we got to get the word out. Also playing for the land of the free, that's God's United States of America. We have comic and actress, one of the founders of the San Francisco Sketchfest, Miss Janet Varney. Welcome to the program, Janet. Thank you, Jesse. Janet, the SF Sketchfest just concluded. Any special highlights this year? This was, what, the 11th year? It was our 11th year. Um, I think it, it would be remiss if I didn't say that the Wet Hot American Summer Live Radio play was one of the biggest highlights. It was. Uh, I cannot get enough of that Wet Hot American Summer. It was that was a lot of people on stage at one time, and they were all fantastic. I just interviewed David Wayne the other day uh, for my show Bullseye, and it was basically all I could do not to just have him sitting here giving me his time so that I could, you know, interview him for the benefit of people, and not just be like, "Me love Wet Hot American Summer." Yeah, reduced <laughs> reduced to just that. Funny movie, remember? Yeah. Um, representing Her Royal Highness the Queen and all her loyal subjects, two comedians joining us from London, England. First, a stand-up comedian who has performed all over the world and regularly appears in the British television show Skins, Miss Josie Long. Hey, Josie, how's it going? Hi, um, it's great, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I have never felt so rankled by the fact that we've got a queen until I had to <laughs> identify myself as a subject. She's so pompous. I'd like, I'd like to say, just for the record, that I think she's an old witch. <laughs> you know that if America wins this contest, we're legally entitled to murder her, right? <laughs> oh, um, I think that might affect my performance. <laughs> <laughs> Joining Josie from the award-winning British sketch comedy group Pappies, it is Tom Perry. Um, Tom, uh, how are you doing? Hello, Jesse. How are you doing? I'm all good. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm suddenly, suddenly, like I'm trying to sound more English than I usually do. I'm trying to go like, oh, good day to you all over there. Oh, Welcome. Oh gosh. gosh. Oh golly. Blimey. It should be noted that they're both dressed like the Avengers. Uh, <laughs> That's right. We're sat Terribly inside posh. Big Ben. 
Um, Tom, I typed your name into YouTube and I found a video of you trying to teach yourself to play the trumpet. Ah, <laughs> uh, did you really? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I bought myself a trumpet the other day. Um, <laughs> it, it's a good thing, you know, what an object. Mm. It's I've just got a, one. It's a, it's a good object to have. Have you got one? Yeah, for the same reason. I was just like, oh. I want a trumpet. Oh, it's amazing. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to teach myself without, um... Without any kind of assistance, like I, I'm not even looking at videos on YouTube. I'm just, just going to go it alone. That's the thing with music; you really got to feel your way. Well, that's how I, I you know. I'm pretty sure that's how the greats did it. I think that's what Miles Davis probably did. Oh, I could get the hang I'm of sure this. your neighbors are appreciative. Oh yeah, we're learning a lot about cultural norms on this program. In England, uh, elevators are called lifts, and people buy musical instruments because they're nice objects. <laughs> um, of course, I myself am a citizen of no nation on the run from international authorities, and thus am an impartial observer in this contest. Uh, I recently got caught trading cocaine for tiger claws in war-torn Angola. <laughs> So my luxury recording yacht currently anchored 20 miles off the coast of the Surinamese port of Paramaribo, uh, 20 <laughs> miles off the coast of Paramaribo. In fact, if we're all uh, just for one second, very quiet, I think we can probably hear the jungles of Suriname. So if just everybody just take one second, yep. wait for it. There it is. <laughs> the jungles of Suriname. Beautiful. beautiful Do you need us to call you Commodore <laughs> for the rest of this recording? Yes, but for sexual reasons. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. <laughs> well, Paul, Janet, Josie, Tom, welcome and thank you for coming on the program. Here is our first round a little pop culture warm-up that we like to call What's the Story? I'll be asking our panelists questions about a variety of recent cultural events. They'll be awarded two points for correct answers and one point for incorrect answers that amuse me. Um, I should mention here that I cannot bear the sound of buzzers uh, thanks to a few years that I spent in a Salvadorian torture camp. So <laughs> you'll be buzzing in with the words that are most representative of your respective nations. So when you have uh, got an answer for us, a U.S. team... Please yell bagel. And UK team, please yell scone. Got that? Pronounced scone. Yeah, scone. Right, scone. <laughs> um, here's your first question Daniel Radcliffe, star of the Harry Potter films, recently explained that he was miffed about what? Bagel. Paul Shear. Why he was so attracted to a horse in Equus? <laughs> why would he be upset about he that? He was miffed. He was miffed. Why? Why? He it carried over from his performance. He was like, <laughs> I actually am. I don't know what this is. And he wanted to get it figured out. You think that miffed is an adjective meaning confused about one's sexual orientation and well, identity. Slightly, he was slightly off put yeah, he was like, by that, that, his <laughs> affection. It was kind of on the subway ride home from doing the show. He was like, ah, oh, that was weird, right? It kind of felt something there. That's yeah. incorrect, but I'm willing to give you a point for, for jumping out with that one. UK, have you got a guess on this? And is, was he miffed because the horse went on to star in War Horse and have a better film <laughs> career than, than he has? 
then the, the horse from Equus has had a more successful non-franchise career than him. No, but I'll give you a point for that as well. He was actually upset that the Harry Potter movies have never won an Oscar. I think we can all agree the Harry Potter movies <laughs> mm. all Oscar worthy. He said, Don't speak too soon, though, because the new Oscars are coming up, but they still have a chance. They have a shot. He said, I don't think the Oscars like commercial films or kids films unless they're directed by Martin Scorsese. Whoa. You know what? You know Scorsese what? We, slam. Yeah, we all appreciate when someone who's made a zillion dollars complains when something doesn't win an Oscar. Well, he's got those cute glasses. Here's your next question. Celebrities have a tendency to give their children odd names. Uh, the most recent example was Robert Downey Jr.'s new baby boy. What did RDJ call his new son? Scone. Okay, we've got. <laughs> UK, what's your answer? That, that is our answer. Oh, scone is yeah. your answer. <laughs> That's incorrect, but it's worth a point. Well, what's your guess, US? Well, I mean, look, it's RDJ, right? So I think he needs to name his kid R2D2. <laughs> so you have R2D2 and RDJ. It's a good pop culture name. It's kind of like Jason Lee named his kid in, uh, Pilot Inspector. Did you know <laughs> that? Someone else's is audio science or something like that. No, so oh. I think Shannon Sossamon is like, uh, by the way, who's that? I know. But I think audio science might be someone's real name. Right. I'm willing to give you a point for that, despite the Very fact that it's... liberal uh, scoring. I appreciate it. Incorrect. Uh, the correct answer is Exton. Exton is the correct answer. He'll join his brother Indio as the newest member of the Downey household. These are like rejected crayons from the Crayola box set. <laughs> or like a medication. Exton sounds like, oh, I had to take Exton for a couple months, actually. That was manic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, earlier this month, comic book fans around the world lined up for hours to watch a few minutes of what? Ant Bagel. Yeah, Paul Shear. Spider-Man. Absolutely correct. The new film, Amazing Spider-Man. And congratulations, Paul. You have just guessed the first correct answer in our entire game. But addendum to Bagel, they will line up for hours to watch anything that's, yeah, that's comic true. book related. That's true. They 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 actually they they actually lined up for hours at the last Comic Con to watch that made for television Captain America movie from the late seventies. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> at the end of the first round, the U.S. squarely leading the U.K. Oh. with a score oh. of five to two. This is very sad. Now we're going to steer into more specialized international waters with a game called Citizen or Superfan. Our contestants can choose to answer questions from their own country's citizenship exam, or if they're feeling brave, they can answer questions from a specific crevice of pop culture. The pop culture questions are more difficult, but you get double points for them. Today's super fan questions were provided by my Jordan Jesse Go co-host Jordan Morris and are about the thing that he is obsessed with, the world of video games. Oh, no. Ooh. So, uh, the U.S. won the last round. They will start off. What kind of question would you guys like to begin with? Citizenship I... or super fan? I am going to be shamed regardless I, I'm going to be shamed regardless. Should we see what the citizenship... Let's try citizenship. Yeah, let's right. do that. Okay. 1972. What do we call a change in the Constitution? An amendment. That's correct. I knew that. Yeah. 
UK, would but you? But you don't live here, Josie. <laughs> Please just Slam. marry me. <laughs> UK, citizenship or video games? Video games. Videos. To quote Lana Del Rey. Are you sure you don't Del need to Rey. check with the queen before you uh, answer? But your video games you have to play on the other, like your controller remotes are on the other side of the, uh, the controller. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> These video are some games. of the worst taunts I've uh, ever heard in my <laughs> life. <laughs> What's the matter? You wear your hats upside down? <laughs> okay, Sega is the gaming company responsible Aww. for such classic gaming franchises as Sonic the Hedgehog Sonic. and Afterburner. Since 2000, it has been making games, but not gaming consoles. What was the name of the last console <laughs> made by Sega? Oh. Okay, so it's not it's not the Mega Drive. It was the Master System first, no, no, then, it the no, then it was the Mega Drive. Then it was the Mega Drive. Then it was the Dream. Was it the Dreamcast? Dreamcast. Was it the Dreamcast? I think we should go for Dreamcast. Let's go for like the film Valentine's Day. Dreamcast. You are absolutely correct. Oh, yeah. I feel like you know what, I don't want to play against my teammates. But feel? I feel like they should get an extra point for saying Valentine's, Day, Valentine's yeah. Day Dreamcast. I think that <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to give you guys a video game question, United States. Okay. The story behind Nintendo's Zelda games has always been mysterious and the source of much speculation. Recently, to commemorate the franchise's 25th anniversary, the official Zelda timeline was released. Which of these games comes first in the timeline? The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword or The Legend of Zelda Romancing the Stone? All right. Well, I think Romancing the Stone is fake. I God, think. God, I wish that it weren't. Um, and can you read me the <laughs> second one one more time? The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Gosh, they all sound fake to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to what be was the fair, first one? The, the second one really sounds like not so much a video game as a pornographic film. It does. I would agree. A pornographic adaptation. Um, all right. I already th- forgot what the first one was. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Which of these I, comes first in the timeline? I feel like Link's Awakening because that's it part of his like call a, to duty. the beginning, yes. the prequel almost. That's incorrect. The correct answer is Skyward Sword. Ah. Skyward Sword is the most recent game, but it serves as a prequel to the other games. Link's Awakening actually happens fairly late in the timeline, and Romancing the Stone is a 1984 action comedy starring Michael Douglas and Kathleen. Well, we knew that. We knew that. It's amazing. Can I say that in the UK, Lynx is a brand of deodorant that you guys call Axe, and so Lynx Awakening is a very plausible name for a deodorant. (laughs) Josie, do you have the commercials in uh, the UK where uh, the Axe or the Lynx body spray makes women do crazy things like in our country? Someone puts on the Lynx and then it's like, we've got to have sex now, like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's like a weird poisonous gas that makes (laughs) women aroused. It's like an M. Night Shyamalan film. <laughs> exactly. I saw one where the uh, the guy is taking a shower, and the woman's apartment is beneath the drain pipe, and she starts mounting the drain pipe in a very sexual, suggestive manner to have wow. sex with the drain pipe, just because the smell is in the drain pipe. Yeah, <laughs> the end of those commercials that you don't see is that after they have sex, the women are still overwhelmed and tear apart the men and <laughs> eat their carcasses. <laughs> UK, you get a citizenship question here. How many parliamentary constituencies are there? 645, 545, or 655? Oh, that is harsh because it's either 645 or 655. Oh, gosh, I'm so annoyed because I'm going to get it wrong and I should know. 
Um, well, you have a 50 uh, Yeah, Josie's a member of parliament. I, <laughs> I, am, I am George Osborne. Have you heard of me? I probably not. I don't get no, it, but I know. I've not heard of you. I'm laughing because I think if I was in the UK, I would get that. 655. Five. No, because, no? No, because it's one of those trick ones where it's like 645, 545, five, 65. Oh, fuck. Ooh, classic okay, one. sorry. <laughs> 655. Incorrect. The correct oh. answer was six four five. It's four five. I knew it. I knew it was a trap, and I bloody went with it out of solidarity with Tom, and I should never have listened to him. It's because I'm wearing links. <laughs> <laughs> this round, a tie, a tie, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Exciting. Very exciting. Current score. U.S. still leading the U.K. Looks like you might have to flip the side of the road that you drive on, guys. That's part of the deal, right? <gasps> That's that exciting. Deal? We have so much power. Yeah. Why don't you guys learn about gears? I like, um, get stick shift cars. <laughs> <laughs> we showed them. Yeah, that's it. Oh, by the way, guys, it's not called soccer. Oh, you know it's what? If you guys didn't love Americans, you wouldn't have bring Shirley MacLaine on Downton Abbey, all right? You have to bring in the Americans to really juice it up in the third season. Okay, look. We now <laughs> These turn... are some good insults, Jesse. Come on, we have a lot of good stuff going on. We now turn our attention to the world of sports. Uh, you know, the USA has dominated both the Super Bowl and Baseball's World Series for, frankly, as far back as I can remember. It, it's almost like the rest of the world isn't even trying to compete. Well, even in the NBA, right? Is that yeah, true? Yeah, I mean, the world champion every single year. So we have decided to ask our team's questions about each other's national sports. In this round, we'll be asking our contestants to identify small UK football clubs and American minor league baseball teams. I'll be presenting a list with one real team and three ridiculous names that I just made up. Uh, identifying the real team will get a point for each country. We will start with baseball and the UK. So again, your job is to name the real team from this list of three made-up teams and one real team. The Lubbock Linemen, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the Las Vegas Vacancies, and the Sun Valley Shark Stars. Shark Stars spelled with a Z. Oh, so this is No, this is for the UK. Uh, okay. This is for the UK. Guys, I don't even need to think about this. I am so certain that it is the Lee Valley Iron Pigs that I am willing to take out alone. <laughs> to buy a big neon banner saying, yes, is the Iron Pigs. <laughs> you are absolutely correct, Josie. One point wow. for the UK. The Lehigh Valley it. Iron Pigs are I a real minor it. league baseball team. Okay, we now go to soccer or football, as it's okay. known in communist countries. Which of the following <laughs> is a real UK football club? Blackwater and Howley Ranger Squad. T.E. Muffins, Bilbo Baggins, or Mousehole? Oh, my. Wow. Blackwater and Howley Ranger Squad, T.E. Muffins, Bilbo Baggins, or Mousehole? I think it's the first or the last. Those would be you right. You Mousehole? Mousehole going on the Iron Pig side. Uh-huh. But, I mean, maybe the first one. The first one seems like it could be. I don't know. Read I'll the first one again. Blackwater and Howley Ranger Squad. Mm. I wouldn't see any of these if they were movies. <laughs> <laughs> I might see Mouse Hole if I had kids with me. <laughs> Mouse Hole, you see, like, the Ranger Squad seems too big. Bilbo Baggins. Ranger Squad seems like an American made it up. 
Maybe yes. should we go with the last one then? Should we go with Mouse Hole or whatever it is? As long as we don't pick Bilbo Baggins. If right. it turns out to be Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> Walk out of Bilbo here. Baggins. I'm going to storm out of here. All right, Mouse Hole. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Mouse nice. Hole is the name of a real football club. Okay, back to the UK. These are uh, three made-up minor league baseball teams and one real one. The Pensacola Blue Wahoos, the Virginia Beach Sunburners, the Waco Freedom Eagles, no. or the Providence Redcoat Slaughterers. Oh, I think it's the second one. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's, it's not Waco, is it? No. That would be inappropriate. <laughs> it's not the uh, <laughs> it's not the slaughterers. Well, do you know? Hang on. Uh, could we please have the ser- the first and second again? Yeah, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos and the Virginia Beach Sunburners. Do you think it's inappropriate for the city of Waco just to have a minor league baseball team? Well, now? It is a bit, Absolutely. isn't it? They because be a lame. tragedy occurred in their city, it's inappropriate for them to have <laughs> entertainment. Yeah, that's what happened after 9-11. New York shut down all their, all, all their teams. Absolutely. You don't deserve it anymore. You let it happen on your watch. Um, no, um, we uh, shall go for the okay. first one. The, no, come no? on The Blue Wahoo. Okay, listen. The problem with the Virginia Beach... You're not a fan of the Blue Wahoos. Well, listen, okay, let me tell you this. The Virginia Beach one... I don't even know if Virginia has a beach. (laughs) 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 Oh, I don't know. I've I've argued myself into a corner. What do you reckon? What is a red coat over in America? Oh, right, okay. Because in England, a red coat is if you go to a particular type of holiday camp called Butlins, those people do the entertainment. They like sing songs (laughs) for the family. So the red coat slaughterers, I quite like the idea of. What do you reckon? (laughs) Hey, kids, come down the front and dance with Barney the. Let's go for the red coat slaughterers. I tell you what, as well, this will mean nothing to you Americans, but Shane Ritchie used to be a red coat. He did indeed. <laughs> um, I'm glad uh, you guys are having fun. Yeah. Let's get an answer. <laughs> um, we're going to go for the red coat slaughterers. Yeah, why not? Final answer. Incorrect. The correct answer was the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Oh, <laughs> Just uh, so you guys know, the red coats here refer to you guys uh, when during the uh, Revolutionary War. So oh, well, we made so, the best of ourselves. It would be the celebration nice of the killing of British people. <laughs> that would be that team that you uh, that you got behind there. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, back to the U.S. <laughs> um, here are some uh, soccer teams I made up, and one real one: Burnham Townington Bridge on Thames. Can I say, uh-huh. those are so much easier because you've just gone like, well, no, technically they're so much easier because you as a nation have just gone. Okay, here we go. Burnham Townington Bridge on Thames, Swindon Supermarine, Black Lung Athletic, or Ringo Starr? Second one. Yeah, second one. You're absolutely correct. It is Swindon Supermarine. That is the real name of a real team. And at the end of our baseball and football round, ooh, looks like the U.S. took three points to the U.K.'s one, expanding an already commanding lead. (laughs) I can use this to start referring to myself as a sports expert, right? Yeah, he just did Fantastic. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three Fantastic. Yeah, he three. He just did it, and literally dozens of people are listening. Oh, ah. great.
We've now come to the part of our program where we welcome a celebrity guest to help us challenge the cultural medal of our panelists. Today, we're proud to have writer-director Ryan Johnson, who's had indie hits with the films Brick and The Brothers Bloom. His newest film, Looper, stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Emily Blunt, and a fellow named Bruce Willis. It'll be in theaters this fall. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is great to have you on the program. So you first worked with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt on Brick, uh, which was your first feature film. Um, Could you already tell that uh, he wasn't just uh, the awkward, long-haired teenager from third rock from the sun actually he was america's all singing all dancing sweetheart uh that was about to become a feature film director and the most <laughs> beloved man in the entire nation you've just quoted verbatim what i opened with when we first met for lunch really yeah, yeah. i just said i said listen kid that was actually in your pitch letter that you uh, gave that to was. financiers i said you you've got it <laughs> yeah uh, I had never, I actually, I had never really watched Third Rock from the Sun when we met, so I didn't have, and that's part of the reason I probably was so ready to cast him. I think it's actually it. reflective in your work that you've never I think, watched yeah. <laughs> Really, Just I think all lack his work of... is derivative of Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> yes, I, I told him, cut the hair, and yeah. Uh, no, we, I just, yeah, I got incredibly lucky meeting that man he's a wonderful guy and we had a really good time making this last movie i sound like a, a, a like celebrity guest on a 50s talk show now i feel like we had a wonderful time making our last picture and it was just <laughs> lovely um i really loved uh, the brothers bloom your last movie which was a film about the world of con men and uh, I watched actually recently uh, Paper Moon, which is, I know, one of the movies oh. that was a great inspiration for you yeah. uh, in, in making it. It's a very sweet, um, essentially a father-daughter story about con men. And I wonder whether you learned any cons uh, in the process of researching about cons to write a con movie. <laughs> You mean any like actual like practicable cons? Like, yeah, absolutely. Actually, do uh, well. I, I, uh, I another person I'm a, a big fan of is Ricky Jays, and uh, I, so I think no, I, I haven't learned anything that actually could help me steal money out of your pocket. What about getting a film financed? That's the <laughs> biggest con of all. Uh, but you no, know, I think cons are at this point. It's weird because. Uh, you think that cons are kind of anachronistic at this point. You think of them as something like from the 20s and 30s, and then you see something in your email inbox from someone claiming to be a Nigerian prince, and it seems like it's it's straight out of the old the old con book. And so, uh, but even like Madoff. Bernie yeah, Madoff. Oh God, yeah, completely. It was yeah. like the yeah, it's amazing that that stuff still goes on. Well, yeah. there was a guy who walked around my neighborhood in Koreatown when I was living in Koreatown running a short con. Yeah. And uh it was I mean, he must have been having success because uh, he, he did it for quite some time. <laughs> what was he what was he doing? Uh he would come up well, I don't know if he used the same line on other people, but he would come up to me. He did it more than once. Um, yeah. He probably should have taken notes or remembered who he had done it to before. Punched you and took your wallet. He said, I'm a homosexual gentleman like yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was his big opener. Wow. That's how he cracked the ice. Yeah. I should mention I'm a heterosexual gentleman. <laughs> know your audience, guy. Uh, know your audience. Again, quoted verbatim just there, the first line in my lunch with Joseph Gordon. Uh, <laughs> no, not true. Not true, actually. <laughs> 
Um, so your new movie is called Looper. You've finished filming it, right? And you're we how close are you to just finish making finished it? Finished editing it actually. We just locked picture recently. So Congratulations, thank you man! Very much thanks, man. So we're uh, finishing it up, but it's not going to be out until September. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what it's about. It is a time travel movie, uh, and so it's kind of twisty and it's got action in it. But it's yeah, it's um, uh, tonally kind of around the Twelve Monkeys sort of zone. Oh, so, so it's fun. cool. Yeah, it's fun. Great. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's that, a, yeah. That sounds like it must have been a real uh, twisty, turny writing process. It was yeah, a lot of staring at blank pieces of paper for did many, you, many years. Yeah. Did you have to create like a three D chessboard to keep track <laughs> of continuities, knowing that there was going to be nerds on the internet writing you letters you know, as soon as the movie came I am, out? I am so uh, terrified of the Q and As for this movie because I'm so <laughs> screwed. I know in the very first one, someone's going to say, "But what about this?" And I'll realize the whole movie literally doesn't make any sense. And <laughs> now the one person I did actually bounce a script off of was um, uh, I'm friends with that guy Shane Carruth who directed Primer and he's, oh, he's yeah, a great that guy. Was amazing also. Oh yeah he's actually I mean the way that his brain works I'm pretty convinced he actually has figured time travel out <laughs> and he read the script and just told me this makes no sense at all you're totally screwed and I, I and then he started explaining why and my eyes glazed over uh, and, and then I ignored him <laughs> so did you have a short list of people that it would be awesome to have be in your time travel movie from which you drew to fill the Bruce Willis role like because you figure you're friends with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh-huh. he's become a movie star a huge movie star since <laughs> you were friends with him so you figure we will probably put him in your movie no and yeah. uh you know emily blunt is a brilliant and beautiful woman so you probably you're gonna want one of those right but then you're gonna want one awesome guy that you would want to put in a time travel movie right bruce willis was on a very 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 short list like he was like yeah and, and uh not only because he's awesome but because when you see the movie you'll see it makes sense that he's in that part the tough thing though was he actually because it's a time travel movie he plays an older version of joe so and they look nothing oh. alike, and so we had to figure out a way to come to get around to that, and we ended up doing something um, kind of scary. We ended up doing actually some uh, makeup work on Joe to make him look a little bit more like Bruce. Wow. Yeah, and um, that combined with the performance, I don't want to give too much away, but he Joe does this kind of transformation to be a younger. Bruce. It's it's really interesting. And it's oh, pretty wow. it was pretty incredible so to watch Joe. Yeah. It was, it's 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 wild. <laughs> Plus Bruce Willis does some of his signature singing and dancing and harmonics. It's the return of the return of Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> He's re releasing a it platinum is. version of uh-huh. a criterion version of Return of Bruno. When I had Return of Bruno the the album when I was a kid, I did not realize that those songs were not written by Bruce Willis. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I thought under Thought Under the Boardwalk was Aww. a Bruce Willis uh, penned tune. <laughs> You're like, this guy is like a septuple threat. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good. He sings, he dances, he's funny, he's scary, he's, got he's balding, he's handsome. I also was such a big Bruce Willis fan when I was a kid uh, that I asked for a Bruce Willis haircut by my barber, and they had to explain to me why that was impossible. <laughs> That's amazing. The good news, Paul, is that uh, you and I have finally achieved it. I've gone, ba- I've gone past the Bruce Willis. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I think I'm probably at the Bruce Willis haircut now. The current day Bruce Willis haircut. 
So Looper is all about time travel. So we're assuming that you, Ryan, are an expert on this subject. Yeah, I am so well versed. <laughs> we're going to have you ask our panel some questions related to time travel. Each correct answer will get one point. Um, let's have you buzz in with things directly related to your nation. Um, United States, I'm going to have you buzz in with cargo shorts. Got it. And UK, I'm going to go ahead and have you buzz in with plus fours. <laughs> plus fours are those tweed shorts that tuck into your socks. We're both wearing them, <laughs> as you well know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Ryan, what's the first question? First question. When Marty McFly visited the future in Back to the Future 2, he ran across an advertisement for a sequel to a famous film. What is that film? A oh. bonus point if you can remember the tagline for the sequel. Yes. Cargo shorts. Uh, cargo shorts. U.S. team? It was Jaws, uh, but it was a mole. Oh, man. It's like Jaws 7? I think it was even like Jaws, like... 13. I think that right, was. And it was. Uh, all right. Oh, I know it. I know. It. I actually know this. And I think this time it's really personal. Yeah, it was Jaws 19. Which uh, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going right. to give it to you. And it, that is absolutely correct. This time it's really personal. <laughs> Next question, Ryan. Next question. Name the evil ape like creatures that attack the time traveler in H.G. Wells's The Time Machine. Can I say plus fours? Um, I don't know this, but I am from Bromley, which is where H.G. Wells is from, and they used to have a mural dedicated to him in the shopping center, but then someone graffitied over it, so they painted over it. Yes, you can. One point for <laughs> you. Can. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. For a beautiful, beautiful story. Next question. <laughs> the correct answer, by the way, more locks. Next question. Oh. In That's the... that guy that did the Super Size Me film. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spurgeon Morlock. Spurgeon Morlock. <laughs> Time traveled here to tell us about the, the dangers of fast food. In the Jean-Claude Van Damme vehicle, Time Cop. Bonus points. I'm going to give Ryan 10 points for his impression. I think I, yeah, I win. Oh. Which war do the villains visit in order to steal gold bullion? Oh, cargo shorts. Yep. Civil War. Absolutely correct. Next question. Sorry, I took that time, with it. Time Cop. Time uh, I like this last question, question, Jesse, if you'll indulge me. Absolutely. Because I'm American and because the American team is ahead, I feel I should even the field a little bit. I'm going to do this in my best British accent. Oh, absolutely. However, <laughs> however I, I learned my British accent from listening exclusively to the overweight working class fathers in Mike Lee movies. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> in the animated series Futurama. The main character travels back through time and, quote, does the nasty in the pasty with whom. Um, what film is it? I didn't get the beginning bit because it was so uh, gritty. I was upset. Wow, because it was so real. It was so real you couldn't handle the realness. because well, it was, was impro taken it back was to an unpleasant place. They in, workshopped in, it and I, improvised I, I did, it. We, did, we haven't gotten to that point. In the animated series Futurama. <gasps> oh, he does the, the nasty in the pasty with his um. Oh, oh, hang on, um, hang on. So, could you ask the question again? But could I please just say that I'm ready to answer as soon as you finish the question? Oh. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> 
In the animated series Futurama, the main character travels back through time and, quote, does the nasty and the pasty, unquote, with whom? Okay, it's Fry, and it's with his own grandmother. Absolutely correct. That's a point for the UK. Thank you. I'm a big fan of your future series, America. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time uh, (laughs) to join us on International Waters. It was uh, really a joy to have you on the program. Thank you. Cheerio. Uh, Ryan Johnson's new movie, Looper, will hit theaters across (laughs) the world this fall. You're listening to International Waters. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. Our teams are Paul Shear and Janet Varney, representing the United States of America, and Josie Long and Tom Parry for Great Britain. Uh, currently, the United States holds a commanding points lead <laughs> over the UK. Our next round, Twilight or Mitt Romney. Just tell us whether you think the quote I'm about to read comes from the Twilight books or from Republican Party nomination hopeful Mitt Romney. I should clarify, by the way, he is hopeful that he will win the nomination. Uh, Republicans actually seem kind of meh about the prospect of him winning the nomination. (laughs) They're not that hopeful about that. But they love the Twilight books. Yes. Uh, Contestants will be awarded one point for each correct answer. I'm going to go first to... Uh, the UK, since you guys are uh, well say, behind. Just say we're no good at this. <laughs> um, the charm in my life is that I fell in love young, and you can't imagine what a blessing it is. Romney. Tw- Mitt oh, is Romney? or Twilight? Romney. You're absolutely correct. That's nice. Mitt Romney. Okay, US. I like cold cereal and peanut butter sandwiches. We could do fine with that. As long as we have each other. Twilight. Incorrect. <gasps> that what? is Mitt Romney in an LA Times interview. What? Whoa. <laughs> UK. Just because I'm resisting the wine doesn't mean I can't appreciate the bouquet. Twilight. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. Um, we're back to the US here. The wasting of finite resources is everyone's business. The wasting of finite resources is everyone's business. My gut is that that's Romney, but that's a trick question, perhaps. But also, I feel like I don't want to give him the credit of actually taking responsibility for wasting our finite resources. (laughs) Let's say Twilight Twilight in the sense that... He doesn't deserve it to be his quote. You're absolutely correct. That was Edward from Twilight, chapter 4, page 83. I'm voting for him. Okay, here we go. This is the last one for the UK. You guys can take the lead in this round. Holy In this round. I tried to maintain what dignity I could as I got into his car. I wasn't very successful. I looked like a half-drowned cat, and my boots squeaked. (laughs) Oh. See, the head's saying Twilight, but the heart's saying Romney. Always. (laughs) Always. <laughs> let's go with... Uh, Are you sure that's your with... heart that's saying Romney or your groin? <laughs> let's go with Twilight. Okay, Twilight. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. If that, that was, was a Romney quote, I, I would have... Okay. Uh, that would have been the end of it. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the UK takes that round. Congratulations, yes! well guys. Well done. Well done. Whew. At the end of that round, the UK has narrowed the gap in our pop culture quiz show where laws do not apply, but they are still behind. 
Our competitors for the United States, Paul Shear and Janet Varney. Our competitors for the UK, Josie Long and Tom Parry. Um, with scores, uh, wow, I'm looking at the scoreboard, and the U.S. still has a pretty commanding lead over the U.K., uh, but we have now come to the final round, and the winner of this round will receive 1,000 points, yeah, rendering all the points issued in all of the previous rounds functionally moot. What a what, twist. What a waste of time. The whole rest of the game is done. <laughs> Just a com- total waste of time. Uh, this round of the game is called In Defense. Each team will have 60 seconds to leap to the defense of a cultural force that is widely considered to be bad or weak or sucky. The best defense, as judged by me, will receive the points. Team UK? Hello. Let's just admit it. You've got further to go, so you're going to have to go first. You'll be defending Robbie Williams. After getting his start in the English boy band Take That, Williams became a superstar solo act in the UK. His self-aware pop music led to him being voted the artist of the 1990s by the UK Music Hall of Fame. Repeated attempts at US stardom by Williams have repeatedly failed. His recent work has included a reunion album with his boy band, a second book, a second greatest hits album, and a stint as a vocal coach on a German television program called Pop Stars, colon, Girls Forever. You have 60 seconds. Defend Robbie Williams. Well, the good thing about Robbie Williams is he's a good old English guy, isn't he? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, he's from Port. He's from Stoke. Yeah, lovely town, very nice. They make a lot of pottery in Stoke. Pottery in they, Stoke. It's called the Potteries. I'd like to say he sang a song called Angels, which you can all pretend like you don't know it in America, but not only do you know it, if I started to sing the chorus, you would all start to cry. And you know why you would cry? Because it's the most beautiful pop music in the history of pop music. Yeah. He's also very charismatic. He's good at white... He can do white rap. He can do Sometimes white rap. He, like, gets into the song and he talks like this and it's like not quite Like Cool J before rap yeah. became decent. He... Also, he... Um, another thing about him is he'd done a song and he was a bit like James Bond in the video for it and he did another yeah. song with Kylie. Um, have you heard of her? Yes, you have. Kylie Nicole Minogue. Nicole Kidman did a song, and did a song Kidman with Nicole Kidman. With him, and and she's you know no slave. <laughs> okay, like that's time. Wow, just every time you asserted that we had heard of something, we had not heard of it. You've not heard of it. example, Nicole Kidman doing a song. Yeah. That comes as a surprise. Love and affection. Whether I'm right or wrong. Come on, guys. Never heard it. I'm loving angels instead. Come on. Wait, is the premise of the song that he... What? A girl died gonna... and he's in love with the angel version of her? <laughs> is he humping ghosts in this song? Uh, Angels. Is this a I... ghost humping song? Um... Okay, Team USA, you'll be defending the late career of Nicolas Cage. Oh, Nicolas that's not Cage... fair. He gets to be in Bad S- Lieutenant. Nicolas Cage, number one. That's not how you pronounce that word. <laughs> Number two, Nicolas Cage started his career as a classic method actor. He won an Academy Award for his performance in Leaving Las Vegas. Lately, he starred in such low-budget genre pictures as Season of the Witch, Drive Angry 3D, and opening <laughs> this month, 
Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. By the way, he bought some magical talismans and sewed them into his costumes for the film. Please defend the recent career choices of Mr. Cage. You have 60 seconds. Begin. Nicholas Cage is amazing because he's. You might call him a national treasure. True. <laughs> what other what other actor? What other actor can go seamlessly from winning an Academy Award to having gigantic franchises like National Treasure and then doing genre pictures and then going back and working with Werner Herzog? Here's an interesting thing about Nicolas Cage. Think of his career as art. Don't think of it as acting choices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's pre- playing a character of Nicolas Cage. Yes, I agree. You I know? agree. He's larger than life as a human being at this point. And you know, for Nicolas Cage, a lot of actors are going in there and they're and and they're you're making small choices. Nicolas Cage is making the grandest choice, which is volume. So sometimes his character is very loud. <laughs> right. Right. Sometimes his character is very silent, and he right. goes back and forth. Works with amazing people. Nicole Kidman also worked with Nicole Kidman. He tosses mm. in a few gems, even even when he's doing a bunch of crap, like uh, Kickass. He was great in Kickass. Great in Kickass, and and Port of Call. Great in that. I mean, an interesting, weird movie. He does not subscribe to the Hollywood system, and that is why his career is where it's at. He doesn't have. He's like that's time. Uh, Wow, this is a tough decision. I, look, we we heard a lot of good points. Um, I heard, for example, that Robbie Williams is one of the world's most powerful advocates of ghost humping, which yeah. is something that I really believe in from the bottom of my soul. Uh, we heard about the power of volume modulation. Yes. And Nicolas Cage. Um, I was disappointed that there was very little talk about the talismans inside of his clothing um, or about his Superman children. Um, well, that was about his career. He said defend his career of late. So his yep. children is not part of his career. You know what? Don't get snippy with me. <laughs> In fact, because uh, no, you got no, snippy no, with me, our winner this week... Is the UK. Congratulations. You know what? You guys didn't even have to say much past. He's just a good old English guy. He's from a place Uh, where they make pottery. With 1,029 points, our winner is the UK. Oh, Uh, yes. Looks like they're the best country in the entire world, judged by the World Series system. Copyright United States of America 2012. Uh. Perhaps they can celebrate it by adopting a superior attitude in their dealings with Americans. (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) Do you think that you've got what it takes to write a round of international waters? You can pitch us your ideas. Email it to iw at maximumfun.org. Give us the theme and some sample questions. Maybe it'll pop up on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this week's program. This is our pilot we hope that you will help us make it a reality you've been listening to international waters with me your host jesse thorne playing were paul Shear, janet varney josie long and tom parry with special guest ryan johnson our theme tune is usa versus white noise by the band lady tron special thanks to them for letting us use it by their albums the script was written by jordan morris and it was produced by talking into microphones our producer in the uk is colin anderson